The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Welcome to this week's City Quick Connect podcast, Legislative Edition. Scott, welcome back. It was a count up this time instead of a countdown from Russell Cox, our producer. Oh, he did? He did a 3-2-1 instead of a 1-2-3? No, he did, he did a 1-2-3 instead of a 3-2-1. Oh, I didn't notice. I just kind of look at, I have to look away from y'all or I'll start laughing and I can see Why? Russell counting we, me down. And so when he does the thing and I just, I see it, then I can. Are we that funny looking? I can go. <laughs> well, I won't say that on the air. You remember? No, you're not funny looking, but if y'all give me a look or like, you know, I'll start laughing and I've. Once I start, I, I can't stop. You remember in Fargo, that was uh, how the the uh, character was the one guy was described by all the people. He's just funny looking. Well, in what way? Well, he's just he's just, funny just in a funny looking way. So um, at least we're not getting that kind of description from. No, him. no, you. neither one of you are funny looking. You're very good looking men. Oh but come on, now you're, you're just pandering. You're now, <laughs> but I'm close enough to you. Like you're my friends and colleagues, but you're close enough to where if you give me a look, I will start laughing. All right, that's enough banter. I think. Um, I love the banter. People <laughs> love the banter. We'll it makes see. them feel comfortable. It makes them feel comfortable when we start into this very serious and very dramatic information. So, I feel like the banter makes people feel relaxed kinda, and then they can listen to just it. Just kind of easing into right. it. Right. Instead of just, welcome to the City Quick Connect podcast, and then all of a sudden you're just like, in the Senate this week. I mean, right. that's that's what you watch the BBC for. We'll stop, uh, we'll stop critiquing that uh, constructive criticism. Right. We'll just continue on with about six to seven more minutes of banter and then <laughs> yeah, let's get begin to, with our information. Let's get to the news, shall so we? Let's, <laughs> let's start over. I always like to start in the House of Representatives. And listen, th- this was a record-breaking big week in the House, Scott. According to Representative Chandra Dillard from Greenville, when I spoke to her on Tuesday, yeah. this was the the second time in her 14 or 15 years in the House that they had concluded their budget, largely concluded their budget in a day. Well, it was impressive. So House members reconvened Monday, so four days ago, Monday at 1 p.m., and began going, began going through sections of the budget that didn't have any amendments. As we were getting amendment sheets, we were seeing where there was only like, you know, 10 amendments, 11 amendments. And Mm -hmm. it kind of started holding steady about 18 amendments. After they went through part 1A, the money, and part 1B, the provisos, after they were done with those two sections, they realized they only had 10 sections left and 18 amendments. And they said, by golly, let's do this. Yeah, and so and, and a number of those provisos were put up by the same House member dealing in the same section. As an example... Uh, Representative Bark Blackwell from Aiken had a number of provisos, amendments that he wanted to, that he put up dealing with the SRS settlement money. Right. Um, and he did that largely to make the point that, hey, he did not necessarily agree with the way that the SRS money had been dealt with in the House budget. Right. That it should have gone to specific things within the affected counties, right. particularly the three affected counties. And so he put up a number of amendments to the budget. He got up, spoke on the one amendment, and then made his point along with other members of the Aiken delegation and others. And then 
promptly withdrew those, took those down. So that eliminated, you know, a, a, a right. parcel of those. And there were, there were several House members that just wanted to, they introduced an amendment, they got up, they said their piece, and then they either moved to table their own amendment yep. or withdrew it. Yeah. And so that saved a good bit of time. Absolutely. It, and it, it kept everybody kind of calm. There weren't any, yes. any no. bad dust ups on the floor no. over these as there have been in the past. So. And, you know, um, Chairman Merle Smith, for Republican from Sumter, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, when he got up to do his yearly thank you to everybody, he did quote um, Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, when he said my money, my problems, he said, that's really not the case because we do have more money, but this has been one of the easiest budget processes that he's ever seen. Well, lots of money means that there's really not a whole lot to fight over. Well, everybody kind of gets a little piece of the pie. Right. Right. I mean, I often, I often tell folks that, Hey, jurisdictions that have the least sometimes fight the most because there is so little to, there's, you know, right. There's so many priorities and so many needs that people fight over the that the little bit to try and get get their priorities funded. Right. So that was not the case this time because of the unprecedented billions of dollars I mean, between that, state and federal funding. Between, it, well, ju- yeah, just the state recurring funds and non-recurring funds, just the state money. That's right. The four point six billion dollars that the state has available to it, and that number's probably going to grow. Right, right with the come, May estimate. come the May estimate. So uh, there just wasn't a whole lot to fight over this time, which is good. Now there was um, Representative Tommy Pope uh, from Clover, from the Rock Hill area. He did introduce uh, an amendment that mm-hmm. was one of the few that were passed yes. on the floor that has to do with the retirement system. So I think that's worth talking about a minute for our listener. Yeah. So all of you know who've been listening um, that we have been supportive of a way to get vacancies in law enforcement agencies filled as quickly as possible. And one of those ways is to allow police and fire retirees to come back to work as a police officer, as a firefighter, as a public as a public safety uh, official. And current law allows that to happen, uh, but there's a $10,000 cap on the amount a retiree may earn and still draw his or her retirement. If they go back to work for an employer in the That's right. retirement as, system. That's right. As a firefighter, as a police officer, right. Or whatever. Right. And there have been, there's a number of bills that are floating around that have been heard and we've been supportive of. One of those bills that uh, Representative Pope and others has sponsored would raise that cap to $50,000. Well, those bills, that bill and another companion bill really haven't gained a whole lot of traction. They've had, they've had some, some public, some, some subcommittee action, but they, they aren't moving. So Representative Pope put in a proviso this week that would lift the cap entirely, get rid of that earnings cap in exchange for a public safety officer, a retired public safety officer being able to come back with no earnings cap, but he or she would have had to be not employed in that capacity, even on a contract basis with a, an agency somewhere. So right. as an example, a, a firefighter will retire and he'll go to work as a, he'll open his own landscaping business, right? 
Well, if he wanted to, and he, he's been a landscaper for the last year, he could come back under this proviso, continue to draw his retirement from PORS, and earn unlimited amounts of money. Right. Not that there's, not that it is unlimited, but he could earn uh, more than $10,000 and continue to draw his state retirement uh, pension funds, his pension. So that is a, that is a good step forward. Uh, obviously, we support that, and we'll see if it survives the, uh, bu- the budget process in the Senate. Did you mention the one-year break in service? Yes. you gotta okay. be got to be out for a year. Before you can go back. Before you can go back. And, and you, work for and you, a member. Yes, mm-hmm. and you could not have been uh, working a side gig on a, even a contract basis as a police officer. Right, uh, for that, that year. year. It has period. to be a complete yeah. break. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was added in just a couple of things to note that were in the budget in the House Ways and Means version. Mm-hmm. Um, the PTSD money. Yep, that's in there. 250 and 250. Yep, it funds uh, PTSD treatment services for firefighters and police officers. Right, and the 1% credit in the retirement For the system. retirement contribution. So this will be the last... I believe I'm right. This I think will next be next year. Is it next year? Maybe. I, I Maybe. think it's this year. I okay. think it's this budget okay. coming up is the last year of the multiple year increase in the re- employer retirement system contributions. Okay. Uh, and they were they've been two percent. It was a, a, an annual two percent increase. But over the last several years, the state has been very generous and funded one percent of that two percent increase. That is in the House version of the budget, and we would hope that it will, it will also stay in the, in the Senate, Senate version. version. Yes. Okay. Is that? Oh gosh, I almost forgot. Mm. Um, a big announcement today. I mean, not today. On Tuesday, when they gave the budget third reading. Yes. Because they gave the budget second reading on Monday night, mm-hmm. about nine thirty or so, mm-hmm. as after you had enjoyed your Chick Fil A delivery supper. Yeah. About eight, I guess. Yeah, ate that in the lobby. It was yeah. uh, quite tasty. I don't um, think I've ever eaten anything in the lobby before. Really? Yeah. We used to order pizza when we were up late. We would sit. Everybody would just sit in the lobby, like usually, on the floor, and eat pizza. I would just usually take it as an opportunity to, you know, lose, Le- some, yeah. burn some calories, and lose some lbs. Um. So. Tuesday, before they adjourned and after they gave the budget third reading, um, House Speaker Jay Lucas announced to the chamber, to the members, that he will not seek another term as a House member. Yep. Um, he is retiring after, I believe, 24 years, I think, something 25 like that. years, something yep. like that, um, <laughs> in the South Carolina House, which, I mean, I'm Jay is my friend. Um, he's a good, he's from Hartsville. My family's from Macby. I've known him my whole life. He's, you know, I, he's wonderful to listen to. He's a great leader. Um, he, he knows how to, what am I trying to say? Like he, he knows what words to use and how to speak to people. Um, his speech on the floor was wonderful. He loves high school football. He loves music. He loves movies. Um, and he has been a great leader for our house um, over the last several years when we when the house really needed the la- it. So Monday night late, uh, Representative Bill Herb Kurzman from Bluffton had to come up and was was answering a question <laughs> yeah, or talking that. about a proviso. And uh, <laughs> uh, someone asked, made a point of order, you know, wanted to get a ruling from. Uh, right. From from Speaker, Speaker Lucas and uh, at the at Jay said you know this is my 
this is my ruling. He ruled against the point of order, but then made the made the comment to the effect of when he was in high school, when he was playing football, that the coach would look at him and say, "All right, Jay, you, you got you're all we've got, so right. you, you got to go in." And right. he compared Representative Herb Kersman, you know, that's the best we got. That's all we got, so, but right. it's better than nothing. And so. if you saw it, Representative Herb Kersman kind of turned around and looked yeah. at the speaker like, "What are you? What?" It was funny, but he he's always been. Speaker Lucas has always been as as nonpartisan yes. or bipartisan, I think, yes. as he could be. Well, I tell you, he was instrumental, Scott, instrumental in the business license well, you, bill. Yeah, you took that out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just instrumental. He he sat at the table. He sat at the negotiation table and himself, not sending somebody himself, yeah. and and really helped forge. You know the the. He, the compromise. Speaker Lucas sat with us and our partners on that at a very critical point in the negotiations about that bill. And due to his leadership, that yes. sort of broke the impasse that we had right. reached in those negotiations with our with our partners. And uh, that really helped move us forward. And I think city, cities and towns you know, the the hassle that we've all gone through in trying to implement the provisions of Act 176, I know right. have been very difficult. And I'm so, so proud of our elected officials and business license officials across the state for getting as much done as you have so far. But had it not been for his leadership at that very crucial point in yes. those discussions and negotiations, we would still be fighting off major yeah. attacks yeah. on the business license I agree. tax as a revenue source for cities and towns. He so. also um, really loved talking about, you know, his his hometown, Hartsville High School um, football team, because they won a lot of championships, as mm -hmm. did Coach Hayes' team and Dylan. Mm -hmm. And he really enjoyed talking about if anybody got curb stomped, he would he quoted he would he would say, well, you know, you representative so and so, your team really got curb stomped. Or that was a curb stomping. Yeah. So um his leadership and his levity um will certainly be missed along with Gary Simrel um and all the other. There there are a lot of really long term good leaders in the house that are not running again, and that makes me I would Sad. I would categorize them almost as a class. Yes, um, you know, Agre they, I agree. They yeah. all came in at about the same time. That's right, nineties and, and and they're all yeah. they're all making a an exit now. Um, I, the other the only other thing I'd say about Speaker Lucas is he's he's always been respectful of everyone's point of view. Absolutely, he's all. I think the the Democrat caucus you you've read and heard there their respect for him because of the way he treated people. Yes. Uh, he treated people the way that they wanted to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks to the civil nature that uh, Speaker Lucas, Very uh, much so. the, the way he conducted the business in the house over his tenure and, uh, he'll, it'll, his leadership, I think is going to be missed, but yeah. you know, we, obviously the speculation is, and of course he's the only candidate at this point right? is that, uh, representative Merle Smith from Sumter, who's the current chairman of the house ways and means committee will ascend to the speakership, but we won't know that for certain until December when they that's come right. in after the when election they reorganize. And, that's right. and reorganize for the new session that starts in January. Um, let's walk across the lobby and go to the Senate here for a second. Sure. 
Um, let's go before we go to the floor of the Senate. Let's let's talk about what happened in subcommittee and committee this week okay. a little bit. Um, full judiciary met on Tuesday before they went into session Tuesday afternoon, and we were we had high hopes of House Bill yeah. thirty fifty passing out of full committee. That's the law enforcement reform bill. Yep. Um, because of some disagreement on an amendment, um, that they didn't take any action on that bill. Um, which had it been a negative action, I'm glad they didn't take any action on it. I'm glad that it's just still sitting on that, you know, in full committee on that agenda. Yeah, the agenda was full anyway. It was. They had a ton of um, appointments, especially yeah. the Ethics Commission appointments. They had a ton of appointments to get through, and those are very laborious. And their their agenda has has is getting backed up because of how how infrequently the full Judiciary Committee has been meeting right. this session. So that bill, uh, 3050, was far down on the agenda. But as you said, Casey, we got word that there might be a problem uh, with one of the members on judiciary and that that member's intent was to recommit that bill to subcommittee, which would have been a step backward. You always want bills to move forward, not backward. That's right. Well, if if you're trying to get a bill passed, you want that forward motion. That's right. We've definitely used the recommit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Procedure before. That's true. But just this session is a matter of what. Yeah. Um, we enjoy a good recommit when we don't like the bill. But, but we didn't want this one recommitted, no, we like obviously, <laughs> uh, because we support it. So we're uh, working with our law enforcement partners to to address the concern. Right. So that we can get this thing back on another judici- judiciary committee agenda very soon and hopefully get it out on the floor. Now, the good good news is, obviously, it's a House bill. So right. we don't we don't have the threat. we don't have the threat of crossover. Right. So that's not an issue. So we've got some time, uh, but the quicker we can get this thing moving, uh, the better. Because I'm sure once it gets on the floor, there are going to be uh, other questions and amendments right. that we'll have to address. Right. And then um, also in a subcommittee, I believe this week there was a bill that passed out of that subcommittee that moves around the beach preservation fund, the the trust fund. Of, yeah, it create, right? yeah, it creates the Beach Preservation Trust Fund, okay. uh, which is not a necessarily a new thing in South Carolina. This these are funds these are funds that are uh, dedicated to beach renourishment right. on on the coast. Right now, that function is under the OCRM, right? Um, and this would move it to uh, the Parks, Recreation, and Tourism Department. Yeah. Um, and uh, essentially codify in statute what we're already doing and move it, of course, from OCRM to PRT. So right. uh, we're interested in that, obviously, for our beach communities. Absolutely. They're interested in it. There's a, there's a matching component to it. Uh, it's nothing nothing new except for that, uh, that, that administrative structural change mm-hmm. as to who's responsible for pushing it out. Um, and that bill moved out. Yeah, so, it'll, it'll um, go to full... Like natural resources, like next week or the week after. Yeah. Um, and then the last bill that was in a subcommittee committee that I want to talk about is that low income <clears throat> housing tax credit cap. Yeah. That's a mouthful. So <clears throat> a couple of several years ago, uh, a, a statute was put in place to provide state tax credits uh, for developers who wanted to create low-income housing, affordable housing, workforce housing. Which we so desperately need. Which we need desperately, obviously. Yes. The program has been wildly successful to the point that it costs the the state's general fund about $54 million this year. 
And uh, because of that success, uh, there's concern among uh, some members, particularly uh, Senate Finance Chairman Harvey Peeler, Mm -hmm. uh, that that is going to put too much of a strain on the state's general fund budget going forward. And so we need to limit uh, the amount of money that the state will be on the hook for in terms of the tax credits going forward. Right. So w- obviously we are interested in that bill uh, because of the opportunities that it affords to develop workforce housing in our cities and towns and in our rural areas as well. Uh, so we followed that. That uh, they, The uh, subcommittee took testimony yesterday on that. Right. They heard but they from, didn't do anything. They didn't do anything with okay. it, but they, they took testimony. From... They heard from bond attorneys. They heard from developers. They heard from housing authorities. Okay. And it's interesting that it, there's almost a rural versus urban vibe to this program. Okay. Um, you know, the urban gr- wants it, rural does not. Well, ur- urban wants more of it, and okay. rural wants it. Um, so, you know, the the need, the greatest need for workforce housing, obviously, is concentrated in the urban areas of the state. Right. Uh, but then there is obviously a need for for affordable housing, affordable housing everywhere in rural yeah. parts of the state. Right. And so how do we balance those? The the bill proposes a $15 million cap, $15 million cap on the urban side, I believe, and then the uh, $5 million cap on the rural side. If I'm mm-hmm. wrong about that, somebody correct me. But we're following that. We're interested in it. Ideally, there would be no cap. Right. Um, right. You know, so that we can get, get well, the affordable housing addressed. issue. And I, I remember reading in the newspaper where Columbia Mayor Daniel Rickenman testified in front of a House Ways and Means subcommittee. Well, he testified yesterday as well. Okay, yeah, at sure the did. Senate. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And talking about how Columbia needs affordable housing to yeah. increase our workforce availability. And look, when you've got the finance community, the housing community, and municipalities and local governments, and public yeah. entities arm in arm together on a, on a solution. Yeah. Or in this case, we're not against what the bill is. We're not against the bill, but uh, no one would offer a number as to what the cap should be beyond that fifteen million. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as I said, my my pie in the sky would be no cap at all. But right. uh, I understand. I understand the concern the co- about the pressure right. on the on the state's general fund, particularly if we go into a recession or there's a downturn in the economy sure. or something like that. But I mean, we've we, been very lucky so far that our economy has been booming throughout yeah, this but entire I mean, time. But the tax credits that are assigned today while we're booming uh, are still going to be in place and owed to those developers in out years. True. So, I mean, the pressure pressure still going to be there, but you know, we'll, we'll follow it and keep everybody informed. Uh, we just want to continue forward with the momentum in developing these this workforce housing, I will give you one interesting number. The state housing authority they they rattled off a number of uh, the number of units that have been uh, developed with this credit in place versus if it had not been in place, and about forty to fifty percent more units have been developed with the tax credit than would not than would have without it. Really? Which which is a big number. It's a huge number. I think that's a big number. Um, Scott, the Senate on the floor this week, they really capped off a productive um, week. They had two bills on special order, and they gave both of those bills third reading today. When was the last time you had multiple bills get out in a week that were on special order? Listen, things are smooth sailing right now. 
There's no, there are no bills on special order right now. Right I now. guarantee you that'll change next week. But Senate Finance now has the budget. Yeah. So they've got to start. I mean, they've been meeting in subcommittee over yeah. the last several months. So they've got to, they've got to start working toward full committee, putting together their version of the budget, looking over what the House did. Um, and then planning, I think in April, I can't remember the week in April, like toward the end of April, um, the full Senate will begin debate on the state budget. And as much money as they have, I can't imagine there's how much a whole more lot of fight. Uh, they're going to get. The House is on vacation. Well, they're on furlough. 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 Spring, they're spring taking break, a, vacation. No, it's not spring break. This it's is just break. a furlough next week. So the House will not meet in committee or on the floor next right. week. Um, they'll come back for a couple weeks, and then they take their spring break the week before Easter. Oh, so they're taking two weeks then? Yes, two oh. weeks furlough. Huh. How about that? A vestige, a vestige of downtimes. So, um, so the Senate passed DHEC restructuring, as well as another convention of the state's bill mm-hmm. today. They gave it third reading today. Yeah, this was the House's version. I the think. House version. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. this is the Senate version. Oh, it was one thirty-three. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. They did the House, House last, last week. Yeah, and and so, um, this week. so right. the the Senate they really went through their calendar. And um, they will start fresh on Tuesday with um, their calendar, and we'll see what el- what goes on um, special order next. I'm curious to see what they are going to be interested in. You got any bets? I don't have. I'm yeah, not I don't a, either. I'm not a gambling You're man. Not a cash, I'm not a gambling man by nature. So that was this week. It was fast and furious. We started off thinking that it was going to be long and arduous on the floor of the house with the budget. But, you know, when y'all ordered dinner Monday night and they said, we're going to stay until we finish, that was the greatest news we could have received. It was amazing. A little over eight hours, they got the budget done. It was impressive. I mean, we've been there until three o'clock on a Tuesday night or or Wednesday morning. morning. Yeah, to only come back at eight to give it third reading and go home. Yeah. So... I would say it was a productive week this week for our, in the house adjourned on Tuesday, they didn't come back. So right. they didn't meet at They're all out. the rest. So, so we'll have a pause in the, in the house activity. We will continue with, with Senate activity and subcommittees, committees, and on the floor. Let's just hope that uh, Chairman Smith's successor is able to navigate a budget as deftly in the future as he did this one. So listen, he, and you know, you know what he talked about, which I really appreciated. And it really goes along with what the municipal association is talking about is civility and government. Yes. He really talked a lot about how the budget process, um, while he would, he is chairman of ways and means, it is a collaborative process that everyone works together on and it's not working against each other, but it's all about collaboration working together for the good of the entire state. Well, and you know, too, Casey, I think a lot of the work that they put in prior to the session starting in January maybe helped skid, yes. help grease those skids yep, a little bit. I agree with you. But then it seems to me, and maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me, though. You know I will. There's a, <laughs> She never misses an opportunity <laughs> to correct me, folks. I can promise you that. She takes quite quite the pleasure in it. Um <laughs> It seems to me that there was a lot more subcommittee work this time yeah. than there has been previously. Right. Don't, don't you think? Yeah, Maybe I I'm agree. Wrong. No, I mean, I think and they- And I think that pays off. They started earlier. Right, right. Um, And I think that the, the subcommittee work and the, you know, the Ways and Means staff is incredible. Yeah. 
and they really they they put so much time into it um, yeah. that they just really you know I, I have to share this comment with you and I'll do it in front of all of our listeners mm. a colleague of ours um, and I won't tell you who said this mm. said that when they listen to the podcast that you do such a good job of explaining these complex issues that these issues can be very complex, but you make it easy to understand. I think that was quite a compliment. And I think that person is correct. I I appreciate that, but it's out of necessity because I'm not really smart enough to... You are smart, Scott. You just don't have have employable skills. That's true. But you are exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) But I have to get... I have to get others to break it down, and I just basically parrot what they say. Um, but so. but that that was a good compliment, and well, I like I, really I like to think that, that the podcast kind of takes the the big issues, the big complicated issues, and mm-hmm. breaks it down like you and I are sitting around here having a beer, which we should probably start doing is drinking beer while we're recording this podcast. Well, you know, I do my regular Thursday beer keller pickup. I could hold a liter back. You could. And uh, we could drink it we while drink we're doing it. We this. We could drink it. We could do it. Uh, could a la B-I-B-T-R. Right. right. Or the old pub politics. Yes. Which was like kind Back of the, the, the first, yeah, podcast, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd like to shout out my son's baseball team again. Go Big Red Box. We've got a game on Saturday. Let's go, boys. We can do it. Um, also, as I end every podcast, I would just like to tell you to please continue to take care of yourselves Practice good hygiene like washing your hands. If you're not vaccinated against COVID-19, talk to your doctor or your child's pediatrician and get the correct, accurate information to make that decision for yourself. Um, Exercise if you can. Drink plenty of water. Brush your teeth. I'd like to add that in. I feel like that's obvious. You got to floss. Floss. Take your vitamins. Um, Did I say eat your vegetables? Eat your fruits and vegetables. Um, and balance the information that you're hearing in the news. Make sure you're hearing all sides so you can make a good informed decision and make that opinion that is not just one-sided because we need togetherness and I'm about to start holding somebody's hand here if I keep going. So anyway, have a great week. We'll see you next week right back here on the podcast. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.